What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Good morning, everybody. It is game day, baby. It is Thursday, September 9th, and tonight, Chris Godwin's playing. Basically, everyone's healthy. Cowboys at Bucks. 2021 season begins. We'll give you our start of the week. We'll give you some streamers at each position. We'll talk about the Eckler injury and break down eight AFC home games. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg. What's your viewing habit for tonight? Like, give me your setup, Jamie, for for Bucks, Cowboys. Um, hopefully my kids will be asleep. Uh, but first, uh, we have uh, Chris Godwin coming up on HQ at noon Eastern. Um, so he's uh, he's joining the show in advance of tonight's game. So that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, I hope my kids are asleep. Uh, the, <laughs> there might be a little of uh, uh, watch the watch the opening drive and then DVR the the the, the, the start yeah, and go back yeah, to yeah. it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's uh, it'll it'll be fun. You know, if you and I coordinate, my kids don't go to sleep until like nine. Sometimes my son at like ten. It's crazy. If you and I coordinate, maybe we can DVR and watch together. So you and I, we can tweet at each other. Well, because like I mean, my kids are older than yours. Uh, so like my nine year old, I'll probably let him watch the, the start of it. The seven year old uh, who just turned seven yesterday. So happy birthday, Eli. Hey. Um, the seven year old will probably want to, you know, watch as well. He's into it. Uh, but it's the three year old. Like if he gets wound up at that time, then it's a it's a disaster. Yeah. All right. Lessons learned. I'm taking mental notes for down the, for down the line. Heath, uh, you got like to just like smoke a big rack of ribs for tonight. Y'all, no. y'all ready to go? No, I'll probably have some wings and some potato skins. And um, I have no idea what my kids will be doing. It's irrelevant to me. Tonight, <laughs> so I'm all good. <laughs> all right. Past the point of having to care. All right, guys. Let's get into starts and sits here. Uh, we also have 60 What's seconds. What's your viewing habit? Well, ordinarily, I would order a pizza. I, you know, Thursday night is a good pizza night. Football is a, is a pizza is a pizza sport. But um, I have those, you know, prepared meals that I get. I get like three a week. That, not prepared. I have that, you know, packaged meals. I have to cook them. Uh, and right. I have one more and a new batch coming tonight. So I have to make the pork chops tonight. But if not, I would just eat a pizza, like a lot of it. And why can't you make the pork chops tomorrow? Night? Because I have the new shipment of food of meals coming tonight, so I really got to get rid of last week's before I get. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's the player you love this week, Jamie? Start with your start of the week. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, love the setup for him. Um, yeah, I think he's pissed. <laughs> you know, after uh, 
the drafting of Sermon, a lot of people writing him off. Uh, he, he actually spoke about that at, at some point during the preseason. But it's more, you know, clearly the, the Lions' run defense, I think, is going to be bad. The 49ers' run offense is going to be good. Uh, both of those, respectively, top three in fantasy points allowed and fantasy points scored <laughs> last season. 49ers' run game, uh, third best. Lions were second worst in allowing fantasy points to, to the position. Uh, there'll be some balancing out, I think, uh, of that. But um, last year, in a bad season for the 49ers, they ran the ball with just their running backs on average 24.8 times, I think it was. Um, they're going to run the ball. <laughs> so I think Mostert's a great start, and, and Sermon's a pretty good sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at your, their rush attempts, the one year that really stands out was the Super Bowl year. Maybe maybe I was looking at their pass attempts. They were very low that year because the defense was really good. Defense wasn't so good last year. Better defense this year, especially in this matchup. A lot of running. Uh, are you considering at all starting Trey Sermon with the thought that he gets 15 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone? <laughs> uh, I do have Sermon as a flex in my rankings, but in the few leagues where I do have Trey Sermon, uh, I know one in particular like where I drafted um, – I I, I don't want to say I neglected second running back, but you know waited on on second running back uh, RB two. I drafted Javante Williams and, and Trey Sermon, and I'm starting Trey Sermon over Javante Williams. Uh, last question on Mostert, your start of the week. Would you start Mostert over T Higgins against Minnesota? Uh, I would. Um, the question I got in regards to tonight's game was, would I start Raheem Mostert over Ezekiel Elliott? And that's very tempting in non PPR. In PPR, I, I definitely still stick with Elliott. But it's it's close, you know. I mean, you know, you got a tough defense that Zeke is facing, and you got uh, the offensive line concerns without Zach Martin there. Uh, it would not shock me if Mostert has a better game. So if you're uh, that that brave, I'm not. <laughs> but if you're that brave, I would start Mostert over over Zeke. It's one of those games like we're going to look back and say, why didn't I tell people to start Mostert over Zeke? Um, but it's it's close. It's definitely <laughs> ranked that way, close. But I still start Zeke in most cases. All right, Heath, who's a player you love this week? It'd be fun if I just went with the running back on the other side, right? I'll, I'll go with uh, oh, yeah. uh, DeAndre right. Swift, and I've loved him all preseason, but I love the fact that like we had to deal with this injury concern for the last three weeks of training camp, and it's been frustrating, and it's been concerning, and he's just been a full go this week. It's as if there has not been any concern, and is there still a risk that he could have a setback during the game? I'm sure there is, but for the most part, if a guy is a full go all week, for this season, we're just going to mostly not worry about them, and that's how I am with DeAndre Swift. I am very hopeful not going to guarantee it, but I'm very hopeful we're going to find out in this game how good the pass-catching running back can be in this offense, even when they're in a bad game script, even when they're playing against a good defense. I expect plenty of targets for Swift. I expect he'll make at least one play where he reminds us how good he is. And he's a uh, he's a top 15 running back for me this week. Yeah, so we have a segment. It's called 60-second rankings disputes, but today it's 60-second Heath disputes because Heath is... The odd man out on all of them, and I thought Dave was going to be on the show today. Uh, it's always fun to just pick the like four guys that everybody agrees on, except for Heath. And let's just—I didn't pick them. Just do that. I didn't pick them, but they are—they're just all Heath guys. Uh, Swift is one of them because in in PPR, you know, Dave's in the middle. Jamie has Swift twenty seventh, and Heath has him thirteenth. So sixty second ranking dispute. Jamie, go. Yeah, I I, I just don't. Uh... Don't want to trust the Lions against a really good defense. So, like, I'm concerned about Hawkinson. I'm concerned about Swift. Uh, certainly concerned about the other guys that you would clearly uh, not be starting in week one. I think most people are going to start Swift. Um, he's uh, he's better in PPR than non-PPR. But like he said, I want to see it. I want to see what this is going to look like. I want to see what Jamal Williams is going to do. 
I want to see what happens when they're down three touchdowns <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Are they going to run their prize running back out there and, and risk him getting further uh, injured? So um, I would take a, a cautious approach if you can. Like I have Swift uh, in a 14-team non-PPR league, and I am not starting him in that league. Who are you starting? Uh, Damian Harris, oh. Daryl Henderson, and uh, who was our first pick? It's my son's league that we share. Uh, Aaron Jones. Okay. Let's go to players you are avoiding. Heath, who are you avoiding this? Yeah, week? And that, this is tough for me, and I struggled with the sits for today's show on HQ as well because for the most part, like we don't have any injuries. I'm for the most part starting the guys I drafted as starters and sitting the guys that I that I drafted as bench players because it's week one. But I am a little bit concerned about Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. And the Steelers. Like, yeah. I'm worried about Juju and non-PPR. I'm worried about Claypool and full PPR. Um, And, like, we've talked about it. A lot of my process for projections and touchdowns comes from the Vegas implied lines, and and the Steelers aren't that far. I think they have, they're have they implied for a point more than the Bears are against the Rams. And there's Vegas seems to think this Bills defense is either a lot better than I do or the Steelers offense isn't going to make quite the big transition they did last year. So I am I'd rather not start a lot of Steelers in the passing game. I'm still starting Najee Harris, but I don't love the situation for him as a road underdog with a team that's not projected to score very many points. Yeah, uh, the Bills gave up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers last year. They did great against Steelers in the matchup. Um, sharp football, as I mentioned yesterday, sharp football analysis has them as the second best secondary. I think pro football focus has them top five. So it is interesting. They don't give up big plays. So, um, all right. So, I mean, are you like you sitting chase Claypool? Would you start, would you start Raheem Mostert over Claypool? Uh, definitely start Mostert over Claypool and non PPR. I probably, I'd probably start Claypool in full PPR. Um, but it's, it's really close. I might just go with Mostert to feel a little bit better. I'm not sure how many more catches Claypool's going to have. I've got them basically at the same exact projection. Um, I In full PPR, I'd start Marquez Callaway over Claypool. Jamie, who are you sitting this week? Uh, I agree with Heath. I think it's going to be tough for the Steelers. Juju's actually my, my uh, favorite, you know, just in terms of where he's going to line up um, yep. for, for the Steelers. Uh Again, I don't think anybody's sitting these guys, but I'd be really concerned about the two top Bears guys and Allen Robinson and, and David Montgomery. And I'm concerned about Saquon. You know, Heath mentioned we don't have injury concerns, but we have some injury questions. Right. And, you know, Barkley is, is certainly at the top of the list. You know, what's his workload going to be? They play Thursday night next week. Uh, so are they going to run him out there if they get behind? You know, what's the you know concern level going to be about, you know, giving him that workload? He's going to want to play. He's going to, I'm sure, be pushing to get on the field. Um, he's definitely playing. But I'm saying once the game gets, you know, maybe – I don't think it's going to get out of hand, but if it does. Um, so those guys, you know, make me nervous. Robinson had a uh, uh, okay game, you know, four for 70 against the Rams and Ramsey last year. Uh, but I think part of that was a, if I'm not mistaken, a 42-yard reception <laughs> in there, um, which was a season high for him. Yeah. So you take that away, which, you know, that's Azer's statting it. But if you take that away, it's uh, <laughs> really a, an even worse game for him. But Only four targets. I, 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 why do we have to just say, no, we're not sitting Allen Robinson? You know, I the- I have him as a borderline starter. You know, th- this is one of like uh, you know I know what Heath is getting at. You know, from his process, you draft these guys in a, in a spot that you start to question. Okay, am I really going to sit 
my first round pick, if it was Barkley, my, my second round pick, if it was Robinson or, or Montgomery or third round pick, um, you know, and, and that's the decision a lot of fantasy managers have to make. And yeah, so but, most people, but if Alan Robinson were playing the Rams every week for 17 games, you wouldn't draft him in the third round. You wouldn't, <laughs> would, I don't, wouldn't draft him in the eighth round. You know, like I just, uh, yeah, I don't but, know. but again, that four for 70, you know, is that 11 points in PPR or seven and non better than what Jacoby Myers is going to get you, you know, or Marcus Calloway is going to get you, you know, who also has a tough matchup, you know, so it's, it's just a matter of who you, who you're sitting or who you're starting, you know, Robinson over. So um, Montgomery, same thing, you know, he had a miserable, miserable game. You know, we had this conversation yesterday on, on HQ. Um, I think it was uh, you saying, Adam, uh, you know, he's going to get the catches and, and then he, he followed up well his touches. Well, he had 19 touches in that game. He had five catches in that game. You say that right now, you sign up for that all day, right? Of course, yeah. He had 40 yeah. yards rushing and 21 yards receiving. Yeah, you know, and, so. and I, but, but I do think right. that kind of illustrates the point of what Adam and I were saying. Was like, on, it's both sides of it because he right. he averaged three yards per carry and four yards per reception and still scored 11 and a half fantasy points. And we're talking about the game last year against the Rams. Right. And obviously, like, we're not expecting a, an exact replica of the stats. No, but and, you know, you you have to you have to worry about road game. Uh, you know, fired up defense, <laughs> offensive line concerns for for the Bears still. So again, I don't, I don't expect people. I'm starting Montgomery. I have him in two leagues. I'm starting him. You know, I'm not going to, uh, I don't have quality options to bet. Like if I had Mostert, I would bench him for Mostert. If I had James Robinson, I'd bench him for Robinson. If I had um, Gus Edwards, you know, those are all guys I like better than, than Montgomery this week by a lot. Yeah. Right. And I just don't see a scenario for Allen Robinson. If you're in like a three receiver PPR league with a flex, right. how are you sitting him? I, I guess I could see people being loaded in a two receiver league. Uh, and then maybe their flex would be a running back or something like that. But, uh, but he's but he that's in the sixty second rankings disputes, which we're just basically killing that segment right now because Heath has Robinson thirteenth in non PPR and ninth in PPR. Jamie's got him right around twenty four in both formats. Dave's even lower, twenty ninth in non PPR, twenty seventh in PPR for Allen Robinson, who uh, you know like he had. Five catches for 53 yards at Carolina last year. They were really good against wide receivers. He had three catches for 33 yards against the Giants. They were good against number ones. But he had 87 yards and a touchdown against the Saints, who have Marcus Lattimore. He had 74 yards and two touchdowns at the Packers, who have Jair Alexander, who was the you know one of the best cornerbacks in football last year. So Heath, you know, at Robinson, it's not like he had no good games and tough matchups last year. Uh, and you have him in your top 12. You want to just, well, just I think, finish up. I think up. this goes back to like you and I had this discussion about Allen Robinson during the preseason. I think Allen Robinson, if everything went perfect with Justin Fields, could possibly be the number one wide receiver in football. I think he's that talented. I, I just, I'm, Allen Robinson is not the type of player that I'm generally going to sit against any matchup. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll get into some streaming options if you need them. I just want to bring up Josh Jacobs. He's one of the last players we're going to talk about today. He's in, uh, he's, the last game we're going to preview is Baltimore and the Raiders because it's basically start them all, sit them all. Um, but Jacobs, well, obviously you're starting Waller. It, this is not the, this is a, a bad setup for Jacobs. He played in eight losses last year. He, I think he missed one game and it was a win. So he played in all eight of their losses last year. He had only two games with more than seven non-PPR and more than nine PPR fantasy points. He had only one game with more than 12 PPR fantasy points. We heard Dan Schneier bring this up in the preseason. Josh Jacobs is one of the most game script dependent running backs. They are facing the Ravens. It is a home game. It is Monday night. Maybe that keeps them in it a little bit. But if they lose by double digits, if they lose in general, if they're trailing, you know, I'm 
pretty nervous. I, I'm I'm probably going to start James White over Josh Jacobs in a full PPR league. I, I think, oh, I would too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, it could be a really bad game for Jacobs. It, it's also we have a story that we got to keep an eye on. He's supposed to return to practice on Thursday. He's been missing practice time for an undisclosed reason. Now, obviously, the Monday night game they get the extra day, so uh, Thursday is 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 technically their first day of submitting an injury report. It, it reportedly is not an injury situation, but if he misses practice on Thursday, you absolutely should play the Bucks guys and the Cowboys guys. Not that I'm telling you anything about the running backs there, but if you have a flex question, like I would play Michael Gallup potentially if you're in a deeper league. Uh, obviously, the Bucks receivers are easy because you know they're going to have good games, but if you're looking at the Bucks running backs compared to Jacobs and you don't have any other options, you play Ronald Jones, maybe you play Fournette, maybe you play Bernard, but um, just keep an eye on that because if he doesn't practice on Thursday, could be something that we have to worry about going into Monday. So we got something really cool on the website, cbssports.com slash start sit. cbssports.com slash start sit. This is our starter sit FFT. I appreciate sit. that. Thank you for, for talking up. FFT start sit challenge. Yeah, Jamie also has the starter sit article. Each week we answer, or each week answer, you can answer 10 starter sit questions to win a customized Trophy Smack Championship belt with your name engraved. Very cool stuff. The overall winner for the season gets $1,000 and a guest appearance on this podcast. One question this week, guys. Give me two, give me your analysis real quick. A.J. Dillon versus Jamal Williams. So this, you just go on the website. You answer these starter sit questions. A.J. Dillon versus Jamal Williams. If you needed a running back, who would you start this week? Dillon and non-PPR, Williams and PPR. I'd probably go Williams in both, but yeah, I think that's that the it's a very very close for me in non PPR and full PPR. I'd definitely go Williams. Remember that is cbssports.com/slash/start-sit to play. And I want to tell you our YouTube live stream schedule for the fall Tuesday. These all times are Eastern. Tuesday 8 p.m., Thursday 2 p.m., Sunday 11:30 a.m. and 8.15 p.m., we're podcasting live, our, our Sunday night slash Monday morning recap podcast, 8.15 p.m. That's our YouTube schedule for the fall. So we'll see you today at 2 p.m., Thursday afternoons at 2 to answer your start sit questions. All of that is at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Uh, give me, Heath and Jamie, first, Heath, though, your overall week one philosophy. How much do you look at last year? Um you know, basically that's the major question. And how much is it just, I'm going to start the guys I drafted as starters. What's your overall week one philosophy? Yeah, I think I kind of already said mine. Um, like I'm not totally just starting the guys I drafted, but for the most part, it's going to, my week one rankings probably look the most like my draft rankings. There are some, some major exceptions to that, but I'm not, as confident in the defensive matchups and who's going to who are going to be the three to five teams that matter either direction. So I'm sticking mostly with my usage projections and then using Vegas for touchdown projections and going off that. Jamie. Yeah, it's similar. I mean obviously I factor in a lot more of uh who they're facing. Um but it doesn't deviate too much. Um you know like tight end for example. <laughs> There's not a lot that's that's leapfrog nobody's really leapfrogging the top six guys. Um, and in this case, you know, like Logan Thomas, for example, with the Curtis Samuel injury, I hate the matchup against Derwin James and the Chargers, but I think you're still starting Logan Thomas. Um, but, you know, there, there has to be some level of, okay, now it's real. Who, who's on the other side? Uh, you're not looking at season long, like, for example, of Robinson or, or Montgomery. So, you know, guys could have some, some tough matchups that you're still starting. And, and I think that's the, the thing is most people are going to start them. It's like, it's frustrating when you, when you write, 
um, or you talk about advice like we do here and people, even though they understand what you're saying and they listen to what you're saying, they're not going to do it because you drafted these guys in a certain spot and why would you bench them? You know, so it's just, uh, it's just the nature of, okay, I drafted this guy. I'm so excited about this guy. Like here, think, think about this from, from our perspective. We are, we started talking about week one while we're still doing drafts. So like I'm, do, I'm doing drafts Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I've already written start sit. And I'm like, okay, I hate this guy for week one, right? but I got to get, I got to get that out of my head because right. I, I want to, I want to think about what the season long situation is. So some guys may struggle week one and that's okay. They're still going to be great over the course of the season. So don't panic. Yep. All right. Injuries, news and notes. Chris Godwin's playing tonight. Austin Eckler mispractice with a hamstring injury. Do you think Justin Jackson is a must add right now? Um, he is an ad. I don't want to use the word must add because people will now start to drop players that they shouldn't. So he, he still may play. Eckler still may play. And even if he doesn't play, is it definitely Justin Jackson? We assume it's going to be the lead guy, but they kept Joshua Kelly around for a reason. They kept Larry Roundtree around for a reason. So I don't want people to just, you know, all of a sudden, Oh man, Tony Jones, I'm excited. Oh, no, I'll drop him for Justin Jackson or, you know, I, I, I picked up receiver X or he was my last pick. I'm going to drop him and that receiver might be Elijah Moore, you know, so don't, don't do those type of things just yet. I am the, uh, as the Justin Jackson guy, I will uh, <laughs> I say, like I drafted him in I think six leagues before this. I, I think he's a top 48 running back this week if Eckler plays. So I do think that he should be added pretty much everywhere, but I wouldn't, I, I agree. I don't want to drop too good a player for him. I mean, if you're in a 10 team league or something like that, I think we did pick him up in a 10 team yeah. league dropping golf. But I'd rather have him than Goldman because I think he could have a role even if Eckler's healthy. Yeah, yeah. We probably should have just drafted him instead of Goldman. But that was Heath's. <laughs> uh, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, all expected to play. Evan Ingram seems less likely with this game against the Broncos. Curtis Samuel left practice with an injury. So that's, you know, not... It's just been a rough offseason for Curtis Samuel. And they have the Chargers coming to town. Ramondre Stevenson dislocated his thumb last week facing the Dolphins. Do we know if Ramondre Stevenson is going to play? The report I saw seemed to indicate that they are still hoping he can play, but I don't know what his workload will be. I don't know what his workload would have been if he was healthy. So I saw yesterday that he's full go. Doesn't mean he's going to have a big workload, but he's full go injury wise. All right. Thank you, Ben Schrager. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to get on here. It's a chance to shine. Houston signed Danny Amendola. Do we care? Just say no. 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 Okay, great. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to start, and I'm going to start him uh, over Derek Carr in 2QB. Ooh. Yeah. Sean McVay said he could go for a Big Mac. He said, Wait, who are you starting over Carr? Carson Wentz. Why? Who, Derek Carr is going to have a terrible game. Absolutely terrible I, game. I, and Carson well, Wentz isn't? Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, he is. But this is, this is why. So, <laughs> why, would so, you, why would you not shoot for the guy with the higher ceiling? You think oh, Wentz that's definitely ceiling? not Derek Carr. Against you the think Ravens? I, 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 think, I think Wentz has a higher ceiling, personally. Yeah, I'd be concerned with the foot, though. Oh, I'm, I, I'm concerned. Like, yeah, I'm definitely Yeah, concerned. but I mean, like, not finishing the game concerned. Uh, whatever. If he's going to play, he's going to... I gonna... think you should start Derek Carr. Am I playing you? I don't know. I, no, I have Derek Carr ranked higher. Hey, look, if you don't... I'm just if trying you, to help you. If you don't accept my Jameis Winston trade, I'll start Jameis Winston. 
Uh, Sean McVay said he was he smelled a Big Mac and said he could go for a Big Mac. And yeah, they're they're pretty good. I'm gonna give him that one. But that's a good sense of smell. Like a very distinct smell when you get the bag of McDonald's. Trey Lance could be available. He has that small fracture in his finger. We don't know what his role will be. Uh, New Orleans trading for a cornerback, Bradley Roby from Houston. He is suspended for week one, so that will not help in uh, this game against Green Bay at, at home in Jacksonville. And Patrick Mahomes is 10-0 and in September over the last three seasons per ESPN. They, uh, they start very fast, these Chiefs. They are basically unbeatable in September. Good luck, Cleveland. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, we'll give you streaming options at each position and get into the games right after that, basically. So uh, we'll be right back on FFT. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We don't usually do streaming options like this on the Thursday shows, but this is an unusual week. We didn't have the waiver wire on Tuesday. Um, We didn't talk much starter sit on Wednesday. So, yeah, let's just say you've got a, a bad matchup. Or, you know, you just, you're in a deeper league or something. Give me some streaming options. Uh, Heath, let's start with quarterback. Who would you be looking to stream? I think my highest-ranked quarterbacks that are not owned, that are owned in fewer than 60% of leagues are Ryan Fitzpatrick and Derek Carr. Neither of them have good matchups. It's not a week where there is a streamer that's in my top 15. So I wouldn't say, like I said, like we've said about everything else, it's week one. Pretty much all the quarterbacks are healthy. Hopefully you're not streaming. But Carr and Fitzpatrick would be my two favorites below 60% ownership roster rate. Okay. I'm going to get the the roster percentage list up here. Um, make sure we're not missing anyone. Jamie, any running backs that might be available to stream? That's never an easy one. I mean, obviously, Justin Jackson now becomes someone you got to keep an eye on there. Um I mean, I'll pull up the same list as well. So I have Yeah, Geo is exactly 60% rostered. Uh, he'd probably be my favorite in a PPR league tonight. Uh, yeah, I would imagine those 60% those where he's where he's rostered. Uh, go get Tony Jones, even if you don't play him. <laughs> um, you know, he's at 47%. That's an easy one. Uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, I think he's got an opportunity against Jacksonville as the what I would consider to be the lead guy. I know Philip Lindsay's going to get his touches, but Mark Ingram for sure. Uh, he's the most available of the guys I think that have an opportunity to start and, and maybe score. Uh, 27% is his roster percentage on CBS. So uh, he's somebody. How about uh, a but Jets? Jackson for sure. How about a Jet? Um, Any Jets? Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, I guess Tevin Coleman would be my favorite and then Ty Johnson second. Tevin Coleman's at 53%. All right. Yep. Let's hope you're not dipping into the running back waiver wire. Here. Oh, Naeem Hines too. You know, if if, uh, if you're looking PPR also. He's, he's uh, slightly more rostered than Geo, but in that same range. 
How about wide receivers? Heath, who are the streamable wide receivers? Um, well, I mean, like, I would probably just say Elijah Moore because even if you lose this week, I'd rather have Elijah Moore on my team, and he's still only rostered in 58% of leagues. Um, Sterling Shepard in full PPR, one of the Lions guys, either call Tyrell or Monroe St. Brown. I think both of those guys have a chance to at least get some garbage time points. Okay. Uh, Rondell Moore, too. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, yeah, by the way, for not that Naheem Hines call, boy, the Seahawks were just terrible against pass-catching running yeah. backs last year. Don't know if it'll carry over, but they allowed 40 or more receiving yards to six running backs, 30 or more receiving yards to 11 running backs last season. Uh, and tight ends. Tight ends to stream, Jamie. Austin Hooper. Um, he's uh, He's got, hopefully, you know, better performance than he did against the Chiefs in the playoff game last year, but he closed including the Steelers game in the, in the first round of the playoffs for them, the wildcard round, his last four games prior to that were pretty impressive, but you know, we'll see what happens with Beckham now back in the fold. Uh, Gerald Everett. I don't know what the Seahawks are going to do between Everett and Will Disley, who's going to be the better of the two, but he's available. And you know, Russell Wilson was talking him up. Uh, Zach Ertz. He's a little bit more rostered than we typically talk about, but under 70%. So, you know, great matchup and we'll see uh, if he's better than Goddard. Um, and then Hunter Henry, you know, we don't know what this, the Patriots tight end situation is going to look like, uh, but he's free. 52% is his roster percentage, and he might be better than John. And we've said that quite a bit. So um, not a bad guy to take a flyer on, even just to see what happens. Speaking of tight end situations, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Blake Jarwin is 20% rostered. Tampa Bay, like you t- said, Adam, yesterday, gave up quite a bit of protection to tight ends relative to wide receivers. And Jarwin's at the top of the depth chart, so he at least worked through the injury enough to get to that point. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of the production they gave up though was early in the season, so you wonder like whatever they work through, they work through toward the end of the year. They were twenty first against tight ends. No, in the in the last eight games for the Bucks, six tight ends had seventy yards or a touchdown. That was. Oh, Ir- I think in the wrong team. Um, yeah, maybe Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst twice, Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I must be thinking the wrong team. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. And uh, yeah, I, what was I going to say? Um, oh, nobody mentioned Dan Arnold against the Jets. The Jets are the, you know, you know, remember two years ago, the Cardinals were not just the worst team against tight ends. They were one of the worst teams in years against tight ends. They were the free space. And then, and then they, they were repeat. sixth best last year, I think. Well, remember, remember three years ago, the Giants gave up a touchdown to a tight end every single week. And then the next week they were fine. Yeah, next yeah, but they, their personnel did change. The Jets still should be absolutely dreadful on defense. Well, no, two, yeah, two years ago, I don't remember the Giants exactly. But no, you're right; it doesn't always carry over. But anyway, would you would you think about Dan Arnold or no? Is that just too risky? I would actually look at the other tight end in the game, Tyler Croft, uh, knowing that Crowder's banged up, and if it is, you know, we keep saying okay. The 49ers offense, the 49ers offense. Yeah, they may run run the ball or try to run the ball like the 49ers offense. What if the tight end is like the 49ers offense? Now, obviously, Tyler Croft is nowhere in the <laughs> stratosphere of George Kittle, but what if the targets are? What if the opportunity is? And the Panthers are bad against tight ends last year, too. And, and Adam, I, th- like, I think that a lot of Twitter and other fantasy football people are are with you on the Dan Arnold oh, call. Oh, uh, well, no, not with me. I was just asking. Yeah, you, I'm ju- not- you just made the Dan Arnold call. I hope you're right. I no, hope you I scored a touchdown. <laughs> but the thing that I struggle with, with, like, they've got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. They just drafted Terrace Marshall. I don't know how there's any targets for Dan Arnold. He's got a score. It'll be like a, like a two for 30 and a touchdown type right. of game for him to be good. I, I, and it can happen. Yeah. 
Look, if you like, if you want to do a Panthers DFS stack, I'm not going to hate you for it. It could it could just be could be the best game of the year for Sam Darnold. In fact, bold prediction: this will be the best game of the year for Sam Darnold. I don't know how many points, but it, it will be the best. It's the best matchup. That's yeah. a good streaming quarterback too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, start your starters though. Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. Here we go. Let's get into the games. Not doing 60 second rankings disputes. We pretty much did them all. Cleveland at Kansas City. I'll give you some stats of the game, but. Who knows if they matter? But this one probably does. Does Cleveland throw more in losses? They lost six games last year, including the playoffs. They threw 39, 28, 25. And I think that game was a bad weather game. Uh, like, really bad. 48, 53, and 37 times. That so, was their stretch of, like, just miserable weather, right? Yeah. Back to back to back? Yes. One of them was a loss. And uh, usually the pass attempts were up. You know, 30, 37 or more in four of those six games. So that's good. Uh, a stat of the game number two, and this one is now two years in a row. The Chiefs have allowed the most receiving yards per game to running backs. And three years ago, they were fifth worst. So this appears to be maybe a Spags thing. I don't know. But that that's, yeah, I think that's so. three years in a row. <laughs> well, uh, and like shockingly, the Chiefs have been were really good against wide receivers last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes no sense. Like, um, every year. Well, I think Legereus needs pretty good. Yeah. And apparently uh has gotten a little bit better in the offseason. So I like I think if you're gonna go off the matchups thing um for week one, and we know how extreme Odell Beckham was in terms of good versus bad matchups last year, this would not be a game where you would feel good about him. Especially if his snaps are gonna be limited. You know, we don't know that, but you know, the fact that they arrested him on Wednesday, like I always hate this, you know, with guys that are coming back from stuff. Week one, you got to be rested. <laughs> yeah, Chris. So, so I, was, I mentioned this yesterday. I never followed up on the show on Tuesday night stream. Chris said that that the Browns were going to be pretty conservative with Beckham. He might not. He might play pretty limited snaps in week one. I was trying to find that on the Athletic because I thought that's where he cited it from. I I couldn't exactly find that. I saw a little bit of speculation. You think Chris made it up? No, no. Chris is really good with that stuff. I mean, he's very in tune with. I'm the, kidding. I'm kidding. No, but just saying, like you read his newsletter, it's a great way to stay up to date on the on the news. If you follow him on Twitter, I mean, that's Chris nails that stuff. Uh, are we just basically saying to sit Beckham though in this game where they could be throwing a lot? This is if you're going to start Beckham, isn't this the time to start Beckham, or is it just too risky? Oh, I'd wait and see. I, I would absolutely wait and see. It's a, it's it's not an easy matchup. It's uh, again, they like their backup receivers. You know, they like Peoples Jones. They like Higgins. You know. They're going to lean on Hooper. Uh, they're going to try and run the ball. I mean, so I know what you're saying, Adam. You know, late in the game, does Beckham have a chance to, you know, play well? Is he in the game late in the game? You know, because they're looking long-term. They're not necessarily trying to win the Super Bowl in week one. They want to make sure that guy's right. So I would be a little cautious with Beckham. You know, if it was a slam dunk, you know, this is going to be a shootout, these two teams, and and the secondary's not good, then I think you got to, you know, buy into it. He's a number three receiver, you know, so if you don't have a better third receiver, you start Beckham. And I'm assuming you're not interested in Landry. I'm not interested in Landry when Beckham's on the field until I see otherwise. Right. right. And then what about I, I, May, what about Mayfield Heath? No, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, big total in this game. I mean, look, they now. went toe to toe with the Chiefs in the playoffs, and Mayfield didn't have a great game. Yeah, Mahomes got hurt in that game. I don't remember what the score was at the time, but they were losing. Who was losing? The Chiefs. The Chiefs were losing, weren't they? Oh no, not when Mahomes got hurt. No, I think they were up one score when they got hurt. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember now. Okay, so we're not starting Mayfield. 
Well, he's 17th for Jamie, 22nd for Dave, not ranked for Heath. Um, the uh, the Cleveland running backs. So everyone's going to start Nick Chubb, but I will scare you a little bit. He only played in four losses last year. He had 10, 17, 11, and 13 carries. So, ooh. But you're and I think Kareem Hunt was better than him in the uh, playoff game. He was because he scored. But I, but Chubb, I think, had more catches, actually, in the playoff game. Starter sit Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's a borderline starter. Better in PPR than non-PPR. Um, same in half. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, based on what you said, he's going to have to play a role in the passing game. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of a revenge game factor still, you know, going back to Arrowhead. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I think he's, he's, he's a definite flex play for sure. I would start him over both the Broncos and I'd start him over Trey Sermon. Uh, I have a, a funny Kareem Hunt draft-related story. So a uh, guy that you know, certainly Adam, um, and our audience has heard me mention years ago, but James Questel is our former Fantasy Football Today producer, the original FFT producer for the video show. So when it wasn't on before HQ, like this is how far back this guy goes with us. Uh, so he's in a pretty uh, heavily, uh, big money league. Um, and he was using my rankings. We were talking through it, but uh, my son's birthday last night. So sometimes I, I, I didn't get the phone call in time. And he's like, oh, we got 30 seconds left on the clock. I got, I got the guys, your highest ranking guys queued up. And he's like, Kareem Hunt, this guy, this guy. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we need a third running back. Take Kareem Hunt. And then he's like, okay, cool. We got Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Adam Thielen just went. And uh, uh, Daryl Henderson just went. I'm like, <laughs> What 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 cue are you working off of? That's not that's not my guys. He's like, oh, I hit the wrong button. Oh <laughs> man! So oh. he drafted a really really good team, but uh, I keep I keep trying to tell him like, listen, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, a month from now, whatever the case may be, if Nick Chubb gets hurt, yeah. that's the best pick you could have ever made. Don't necessarily love him over the, some of the guys that you took, but still, it's okay. Don't panic. Uh, you can't hit the wrong button during the drafts. By the way, uh, my wife had a fantasy draft last night, and she crushed it. Her team is incredible. Uh, you cheated, didn't you? I did it. Oh, That's the thing. Why? I knew it. I yeah. knew it. That's what I was going to say. I was like, there's no way anyone is going to believe that I didn't draft the team for her. But she had the— yeah, you cheated. somebody who might have a connection. Oh, I swear, week. dude. Like, you have the Scarlet C— <laughs> it's just everyone assumes you're going to do it over and over and over again. Somehow, it's a 10-team league. Somehow she ended up with CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, and oh, another wide receiver that's like right in that range. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, ah, whatever. Three guys who all go within 10 picks of each other. So how did you do that? And her first two picks were running backs. All right, anyway, um, let's get going. <laughs> how did you do that? I don't know how she did it. I don't know. Amazing. So don't... Okay, Austin Hooper. Allie, Allie. You're on the clock. Austin Hooper's not ranked for Dave, for Dave, but uh, um, but he's borderline top twelve for Jamie and Heath. He did catch a touchdown in three of his last five regular season games. He had seventy one yards in the other in one of the other two games. He had a strong finish, as Jamie mentioned, except for that game against the Chiefs, who allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So on the Chiefs side, Mahomes, yes, Hill, yes, Kelsey, yes, Clyde Edwards, Elair, kind of borderline for you guys. But you know, look, there's nobody on by, so his ranking is 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 fairly similar to his preseason ranking. It's outside the top 15, but it's inside the top 24. But he are there guys you would consider starting over Clyde edwards there? You know, the guys who were drafted after him, I would say Chris Carson, I would, James Robinson, I would, Mike Davis, I would. 
Um, of course, you know, I'm starting DeAndre Swift over him. I've got him right next to Raheem Mostert. I assume Jamie has Mostert ahead of him. I should probably move Mostert ahead of Clyde just for the the start of the week team effort. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there's there are guys who are drafted in round five or round six that you might start over Clyde. But there's also guys like I would I would definitely start Clyde over Saquon Barkley this week. I would start him over Josh Jacobs. Um, so there's guys that were drafted in the same range too. Would you start Antonio Brown or Clyde Edwards either? That's tough in PPR. I, man, I don't want to sit Antonio Brown. I've got this feeling, but I would probably start Clyde. I mean, you look at the Browns. I, mean, I, I obviously were high on their defense, not necessarily this game, but I feel like their defensive tackles could be their weakness. It's a new unit. They had the uh, Sheldon, too. Sheldon Richardson and Ogan Joby last year. It might be better, but they. Uh, their pa- their pass rush and their secondary looks looks loaded. All right, Minnesota at Cincinnati. At last check, th- Minnesota. Uh, by the way, just just on Antonio Brown for tonight's game. Um, so Heath and I do the first portion of the Wednesday Fantasy Football Today show on HQ with Pete Prisco. And Pete has always been a little bit concerned about Brown for this season. Uh, when he when he said what he said about him yesterday, um, that that made me a little bit more excited about Antonio Brown. So he, he said that when he was with the Bucks, he Brown had a bad day. Uh pouting about not getting the ball, getting into it with defensive backs on the sideline. And uh uh to Pete who's been around the NFL for you know 30 years, uh gave off just some bad body language vibe if you want to read body language, but that's not usually Pete's thing, but he just happened to bring it up. And then he has a good relationship with the coaches staff there. So he he said he's been checking on just you know how they think of Brown. He's like he's never heard that, that staff rave about a player like that. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians just did it the other day. By the way, you said Pete so many times there. I, I just took so many so many drinks of water. We used to have a producer that would, uh, when, he, when he wanted Pete on the show, he would walk around the office going, Pete, Pete, Pete. Pete, Pete, Pete. Dude, stop, man. I can't, I can't <laughs> play that game right now. All right, Minnesota, Cincinnati. Vikings are a three-point favorite. Total is 47.5. Stat of the game is actually the, the Bengals. They were only 17th against quarterbacks last year. They weren't terrible. PFF has their secondary 15th. Sharp Football Analysis has their secondary 18th. So they have a, a solid, you know, solid secondary. Safeties are great. Yeah, and unfortunately though, the the issue is they they get no pressure. They had the third lowest pressure rate in the NFL according to Pro Football Reference. But um, they did add Trey Hendrickson, so that's you know, that may, hopefully that helps. But anyway, is this a is this an easy matchup for Cousins? Is this a time when you want to start Kirk Cousins, guys? I would feel better about it if Joe Burrow had, had a better preseason. Because, because, because you want them to score. You want the Bengals right, to score, obviously. Right, I do think there's still I would feel better about it if the Vikings didn't have such good defense. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, I, I would start Cousins over, the, like anybody we said as a streamer before, I'd yeah. start Cousins over. I would not start over Cousins over anyone that you drafted as a top 12 quarterback. Jamie, I know you don't love Herbert this week. Would you start Cousins or Herbert? <laughs> That's the one I struggle with, honestly. Um, I would start Herbert over him just because I think there's a, a little bit higher ceiling if Herbert does what he's typically been capable of doing. But I hate to match up for Herbert too. But I just think, uh, like he said, you know, I, the question that I, I'm, I'm concerned about is how much Cousins will have to do. Now, is it a will they do what they want to do? Because I do think it's, you know, they're down Trey Waynes again in terms of the Bengals not having one of their corners they were counting on. Um, the safeties are great, but the safeties aren't covering Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen, you know, so uh, they're going to make things tough on those guys. But I still think that 
Cousins will have enough opportunities to be in the starting conversation by the end of the week. I just don't think you want to necessarily trust him going into the week. And, and to Heath's question, you know, guys that we drafted as starters, Burrow was drafted as a starter in some cases. I would definitely start Cousins over Burrow. Heath, would you start Cousins over Burrow? I have Burrow two spots higher. Okay. I yeah. think Burrow's at this Vikings defense. I'm I'm so excited to watch. Why? Why? I'm not, I, like uh, they're obviously going to be better, but let's talk about this. You really think they're going to be that good? They have one of the best pass rushers back in the NFL going against that offensive line. You talking about Daniel Everson Hunter. Griffin? No, Hunter. Oh, Daniel Hunter. Okay, yeah. I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Uh, yeah. uh, the secondary is going to be better. Um, you know, just with the guys that they added. You know, I know Patrick Peters is not the same guy, but. Um, the other two guys that they added as well, McKenzie and uh, what was that? Blinkers? McKenzie Alexander and Xavier Woods. Yeah. Um, they're going to add just better depth to what was a miserable secondary last year. So pass rush better, secondary better. Uh, still questionable offensive line for the Bengals. I think they're going to do whatever they want to against that. that. The whole Bengals offense scares me. You're not benching Joe Mixon, but I think you can get away from the receivers. Also, two new defensive tackles. You got Dalvin Tomlinson, who came over from the Giants, and bigger bigger news, I'd say, is Michael Pierce, who sat out yep, last if year. He's right. Yeah, sat out last year because of COVID concerns. But Yeah. Um, all right. So, start Dalvin Cook. I'm assuming Thielen, Jefferson obviously must start. Thielen must start. Yes. I'm starting Thielen, yeah. I don't... I th- yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they weren't that bad against wide receivers last year, but I just I went and looked at the game logs, and... Basically every good wide receiver, except for a small except small handful of exceptions, every wide receiver that you would normally start had a good game against Cincinnati last year. So we'll see if that holds up. Um, and any interest in a Vikings tight end against Cincinnati? No. Okay. No. They listed Herndon third on the depth chart, so you got to let him work his way through whatever you know, learning the playbook if he's ever going to get it. <laughs> um, Conklin is banged up still, so no. All right, Joe Burrow is 19th for Jamie, 14th for Dave and Heath. And Joe Mixon is top 12 in both formats. <laughs> but, you know, could be a tough matchup. Right, let's, let's Come on, Joe Mixon. Start off with a, with a good note here. But, yeah, we expect him to catch some passes too. All right, then let's talk about the Cincinnati wide receivers. How, how confident are you in them? Who's your favorite? Heath, give me the rundown of the Bengals receivers. Yeah, I don't know that I have a great deal of confidence in any of them. Um, Higgins is the one that I think has probably the most week one upside. I view them all basically as number three wide receivers. I would rank them Higgins, Boyd, and Chase. Let's do some running backs versus these receivers. DeAndre Swift or Tyler, Tyler Boyd? Swift? For me. Uh, Boyd in PPR, Swift, and everything else. Daryl Henderson against the Bears against these versus the Bengals receivers. Henderson in all formats for me. Yeah, I think I have. Um, I'll take the Bengals receivers over Henderson. Good. Who I'm start? I'm starting T Higgins over a. I'm starting Higgins over. Um. Mm, sorry, I can't remember some decent some running back in there. I like like Higgins. I feel like Higgins is going to be started in most leagues. Yeah. All right. All right. And if we think the Vikings are going to score, then, you know, that bodes well. Minnesota's DST is 17th for Heath, but top 12 for Dave and Jamie, fifth for Jamie. All right. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. 
I won't even give the stats of the game. They're they're mostly irrelevant, except for this one. They played they played each other week fourteen last year. You got a pretty good blueprint about what this is going to look like. No, you better not, because that was a horrible game for Ben Roethlisberger. Like you're expecting wh- that much better. I'm expecting him to be better, but that much yeah, better. Well, not start not where I'm starting him. Yeah, but um, but I mean, he was so bad in that game. What did he have? Uh, Their pass rush got him. better for Buffalo. Man, your kid's going to be great for them. <laughs> yeah, Gregory Russo. And Boogie Basham, I don't know what they'll do in the first two games, first game of the season, but they were the first and second round picks for uh, for Buffalo. Um, I don't know. One thing. Well, first of all, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss played 13 games together. Only once did Singletary score more than 11 PPR points. Only um, tw- only once did Moss score more than 12 PPR points. So, any interest in starting a Buffalo running back? No. I've got Singletary as a um, mid-range flex. That's fair. Uh, so if we look at this game, you're we're, you're starting Allen, you're sitting Roethlisberger. You're not start. You're starting Harris. You're trying to avoid the Buffalo running backs. You're starting Diggs. Are you starting any other Bills wide receiver? No. I want to. I want to see it first. I want to see what Sanders does in relation to Beasley. What Beasley and Sanders do in relation to Davis. I I, I think Davis is a good DFS play just because. If he hits a big play, you know, it could be one of those, you know, league winning type of things, but no, not yet. By the way, can you name the only quarterback last year that scored more than 22 points against Pittsburgh? Six point per passing touchdown league. Non-decimal. Only yes, one. Allen. Josh Allen. It was not. It was Baker Mayfield in the playoffs. Not oh. one quarterback in the regular season. Not Allen, not Watson, Tannehill, Lamar Jackson. None scored more than 22 fantasy points against Pittsburgh. Amazing. Uh, all right, then. Let's talk about the Bengals wide receivers versus the Steelers wide receivers. Jamie, which group overall do you have more confidence in? It's a great question. Uh, probably still the Steelers. Yeah. Who's but the highest ranked of the six? You know, I said I like Juju the best. I think I still have, though, Deontay Johnson ranked higher. Um, I probably need to change that. But um, right now it's Deontay Johnson. But I, I feel the, the most comfortable, I think, about Juju because I think Juju, where he lines up mostly, is going to avoid Tredavious White and Levi Wallace. So I think he's got the best chance to maybe have some success. Yeah, I'd go Deontay, Juju, Higgins, and PPR. And I've still got Claypool ahead of them in non-PPR. So how do you feel about a guy like Damian Harris, who he's you know not going to catch a lot of passes, has I don't not quite sure what kind of a matchup that is against the Dolphins. Not like Gus Edwards against the Ravens. How do you feel about a guy like Damian Harris against the Steelers wide receivers? I would start Harris over all of them in non PPR. In PPR though, I'd probably still start certainly the top two Steelers receivers in Deontay Johnson and Juju. Yeah, in PPR, I'd probably start all of the Steelers and all of the Bengals wide receivers. In non-PPR, I'd probably start Harris over all of them. There's a big difference between running backs and wide receivers, especially running backs like Damian Harris compared to wide receivers in non versus PPR. Yeah, and I know nobody's going to start a Steelers tight end, but this is just something to watch for the future. Buffalo allowed the fourth most points, fantasy points to tight ends last year, and they saw the most targets. They've got a very good secondary, so it's possible that teams are just going to attack them with the tight ends. Um, they saw the most targets uh, among, from opposing tight ends in the NFL. Which is really amazing when you consider how little the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins used their tight ends. They played six games against those two teams last year. I mean, Gasicki had stretches where he was heavily used, but for the most part, like they didn't play good tight ends in six games. 
and still get that's that's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I will say though, Matt Milano being in and out of the lineup last year did not help. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, Miami at New England. Uh, P- uh, Pittsburgh's DST, by the way, is not a top twelve DST. Buffalo's is just inside the top twelve. So I know a lot of you like to roster two DSTs. You know? Pittsburgh, part of that for me was the TJ Watt situation. I'll probably move him up a few spots if he plays. All right, let's go to Miami and New England. Interesting game here. You would think it'd be low scoring. Let me check the total here. Uh, it might be the lowest of the 43 week. 43.5. and a half. Uh, Looks like Denver and the Giants is a little bit lower, 42. And yeah, I think those are the two lowest scoring totals, lowest uh, totals of the week. And uh, the Patriots are three-point favorites. Looking forward to this game, even though it might not be fantasy appealing. Uh, this is interesting. And this stat of the game, I, I'm going to question your rankings. You all have Mike Kosicki eighth in non-PPR, U2 plus Dave. You all have him top 12 in PPR. Why? The Patriots gave up the six fewest fantasy points to tight ends. They faced the four best tight ends in football last year. They faced Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, and Andrews. And they still were six best against tight ends. Their defense is only going to be better this year. Is it just because of the tight end position? Why do you have so much faith in in um, in uh, Mike Kosicki? It's twofold for me. One, you mentioned the tight end position being what it is, and two, the fact that Fuller's not playing and Parker still is not, I think, at full strength. You know, their third receiver is going to be Jakeem Grant. This has been the setup for Kosicki. Whenever there's been a key guy missing, he's typically played well. Now, obviously. The key guy has been Preston Williams. We'll take that for what it is. They do have Waddle still there. They obviously have Parker still there. So, you know, that's that's a different duo than what they were dealing with last year. But I think Tua is going to have to throw to some extent in this game. Uh, I don't know if Kaseki falls in line with some of the tight ends that they typically try to take away. Um, so if this was a week seven, hey, look, this tight end's been playing great, and that tight end's been playing great. Kaseki's probably not ranked as high because of the matchup, but – uh, just looking at the landscape of the position, I think he's got a chance to finish in the top 12. I, and I'd go even further. Like if, if I just knew for sure who the number one tight end was for the Patriots or for Tampa Bay or for the Cowboys, like we've got so many of these situations where I've got multiple tight ends that could be a part of the equation. Um, but I don't like Mike Gesicki all that much. Just, just that's where he ended up. Okay. Okay. Makes sense then. And uh, let's talk about this game in general. First of all, we're going to sit the quarterbacks. Right? I would like to. <laughs> yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a two quarterback league or something. And oh, Sam Darnold or Tua? Darnold. I'd go Tua. Darnold, Tua. Okay. Who's the best flex? Is it Gaskin? Is it a Patriots running back? Is it Jacoby Myers? Is it Jalen Waddle? Who's the best flex in this game? Gaskin is my favorite player in the game. I think he's a must start guy. So I don't think he's a flex. I just meant running back, receiver, tight end. Yeah, yeah, no, Gaskin for me. I would say Gaskin and PPR, Harrison, none. Gaskin and half, so you don't have to ask. <laughs> uh, all right, what about, well, let's stay on Miles Gaskin for a little bit here. Behind Mostert? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, behind Gus? In non-PPR, No. In non-PPR, yes, but ahead of him in full PPR. I'm sorry, yeah, I'd rather have Gaskin. And, no, you know, i take Gus and Bo. I'll take Gaskin and PPR, Gus and none. Clyde or Gaskin? Clyde. Uh, Clyde and non, Gaskin and PPR. Barkley or Gaskin? Gaskin. I think I'm going to move Barkley, Gaskin ahead of Barkley in PPR. I have Barkley higher and none. 
This is a fascinating game because last year, you, you mentioned that, the Patriots defense obviously got better. I almost wonder if this was the game that the, the Patriots circled and said, this is the game we have to improve on because they met in week 15 and the Dolphins ran for 200 plus yards with Savan Ahmed and Malcolm Brown and Matt Breida uh, going for, for 200 and a touchdown. Gaskin didn't play in that game. So he's not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Clearly, this is a di- different Patriots defense. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he gets the full workload that he has been getting last year and hopefully like the, the Falcons preseason game showed us, then it's, it's hard to bench Miles Gaskin. Yeah, New England was pretty pretty weak against running backs last year, but their front seven is so dramatically different. So this is not one where I was really looking at last year so much. Right. Um, but they were pretty good against pass-catching running backs. Um, they did not allow more than 36 yards. Like if Miles Gaskin gets 36 yards, that'd be great. But nobody had more than 36 receiving yards. Uh, no running back against the Patriots last year. Um all right, but whatever. You know, we'll see what happens. This is an interesting game for sure. Yeah, this is this is a fist fight. This is going to be a slugfest between these two teams, and it's you know, field goal at the end to win it. Oh, so start the kickers. Uh, I I think you're definitely starting Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have Sanders. I have a lot of Sanders. Okay. I don't think Quinn Norton is somebody you want to start. I uh, so then Jalen Waddle, Jacoby Myers. Give me your thoughts. Number three receivers, I think. You know, um, Myers beat up the Dolphins in, in that game last year too, and that was with Cam. So he's better in PPR than non PPR. Uh, I hope he gets off to a great start, but it's uh, it's not an easy matchup. You know, they have one of the better secondaries in, in the in the league, um, but he'll avoid Howard and he'll avoid Byron Jones, so he's he's fine. And then look, Waddle's facing the Patriots without Stephon Gilmore, and he's going to clearly move around, but. Um, you know, Jacobs, or J, J, JC Jackson, Jackson and, and Josh Johnson, right? No, Jonathan Jones, Jonathan, Jonathan yes. Jones. And yes, 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 it's so confusing. Yes. They have four, four um, J's and those two. Th- that's still a really players. good secondary without Stefan Gilmore in there. So it's, uh, it's not going to be easy for Waddle, but number three receiver, I think. Yeah. I like Waddle more than Myers in both. So Damian Harris or James White, who do you like? Uh, White and PPR Harrison. Huh? I'll take Harrison both. Okay, Harris is uh, right around. He's he's nineteenth to twenty second in non PPR. He's closer to twenty fourth, a little bit lower for Jamie and Heath in in full PPR. And you're not starting White in non PPR in full PPR. Twenty fourth for Jamie. Uh, this is actually surprised me, Heath. That you had uh, James White thirty sixth in full PPR. I thought you were a James White guy. I don't think I ever was a James White guy. I think I was a Giovanni Bernard guy. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah, I'm excited for James White in this game just to see what he does with Mac Jones. You know. Uh, this, this just feels like a game where he's going to get a lot of catches. I, I am just, I think I've got a little bit of the target crunch on the Patriots. Cause I don't, I was surprised at how low I came out on Jacoby Myers as well. I just, they're, I think Mac Jones first start and they're favored at home. I just expect them to run pretty heavy and they've got a lot of guys that I'm not sure where the targets are going between Myers and the tight new tight end combination and James White. And so I'm, Maybe a little more wait and see mode for me, but definitely a run heavy uh, projection. <laughs> we we saw this a little bit last year, and I think it's something to keep an eye on. The Patriots, Bill Belichick's got a history of just really frustrating young quarterbacks, and the Dolphins, I think, with Brian Flores, have a similar ability to do something along those lines. And you know, the game you can point to is they made things really uncomfortable for Justin Herbert last year. And I think they're going to make things uncomfortable for Mac Jones, too. A lot of checkdowns. 
Check down, check down, check down. Right, Let's that's why I like James White. White. I think it's going to be a go. lot of, you know, oh, get the ball out quick. That Dolphins defense is good. Schrager just sent me a uh, kind of funny quote. I appreciate the honesty here, just off subject, from Jamar Chase, talking about his drops. The ball is different because it is bigger. It doesn't have the white stripes on the side, so you can't see the ball coming from the tip point, so you actually have to look for the strings on the ball at the top, which is hard to see because the whole ball is brown and you have the six strings that are white. For the most part, you just have to get used to it and find out what I'm comfortable with catching. He's talking about the difference between the college ball and the NFL ball. And he also said, I don't want to blame it on me sitting on my butt the whole year, but it probably had something to do with it, of course. There's a bigger ball adjustment. It's interesting. Don't, you know, good for you, Jamar Chase. Maybe it is harder. You'll get used to it. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, the DSTs in this game. They're both, they're both startable. Patriots are a little bit higher than the uh, Dolphins, but both startable. We've got Jacksonville at Houston. Yeah, not the marquee game, but could be fun for fantasy. Trevor Lawrence, start or sit? Uh, start for me. I I don't want to start him. I would start him over Cousins. Um, but he's, he's a top 15 quarterback, but not top 12 for me. Yeah, I'd start him over Cousins. I'd start him over Burrow. Um, trying to think anybody else of big name. How about like Jalen Hurts? No. How about Matt Ryan? Yes. All right. I would start Ryan. I just, I, and I think some of this is just that I have really, really low degree of confidence in Urban Meyer. And I'm afraid that both of these teams are going to be run heavy in the first game and that it's just like an ugly 20 to 17 type game. Well, look, you should know Jacksonville was 31st in scoring defense in 2020, and they are switching to a 3 4 this year. Houston was 27th in scoring defense in 2020, and they are switching to a 4-3 this year. So good luck to both of them as they try to completely remake their defenses. I guess it doesn't matter for the Texans because they had Deshaun Watson. Uh, Houston allowed 83 or more rushing yards to a running back in five straight games to end 2020. Uh, Let's see if that continues. James Robinson, we are really liking James Robinson this week. You should start him. Uh, Which wide receiver? Who's your favorite wide receiver in this game? Chanel. Chanel. Over Cooks. Yes, Cooks second. Are you considering Marvin Jones or DJ Chark? Uh, absolutely. How could you not in this matchup? But uh, I'd like to see what they look like first. So, you know, number three receivers at best. Yeah, I want to see if uh, DJ Chark is bigger, more physical, right? Like uh, Urban Meyer wanted him to be or something like that. How about uh, T. Higgins versus the wide receivers in this game? Uh, I start Chenault over Higgins. I'll take I'll take Higgins overall. And start any? Would you start any Houston running backs? The Jaguars allowed five or more catches to nine running backs in 2020, and it wasn't because they were leading and the other teams needed to throw. They went one and fifteen, but they were so bad against pass catching running. Look, they're changing their scheme and whatever. But but uh, that week right. one game had a lot to do with it last year. <laughs> I, I know it was every. That game, yeah, their only win last year, they allowed 17 catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown to running backs against right. the Colts. And it's entirely new. It is, yeah. System. I just I think the thing with the Texans running backs, you know, you had the report yesterday that it's going to be um, Lindsey and, and Ingram doing most of the work. Like, good luck. You have to start those guys. Uh, you know, just to go back to the streamer situation, I, I think Ingram, to me, is, is right now the, the lead guy. Uh, but I don't want to trust them. Would you start? Brand- like oh, they're, sorry. They're kind, yeah. they're kind of like the Ravens on a bad team. 
because Ingram and Lindsay also aren't going to catch passes because if they do that, I think it'll be David Johnson. So it's it's a 10 to 12 carry. Hope they fall into the end zone. Probably not going to average five yards per carry like the Ravens do, though. Uh, would you start Brandon Cooks or um, or Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs and non, but Cooks and PPR. Half? Cooks. Jacobs. Okay. All right, guys, I am not doing an hour and 15-minute episode for week one. So we are, like, I have to be better than this. I'm not setting the tone with this. So here we go. We got three games left. They're mostly easy stuff. Seattle at Indianapolis. Start Wilson. Sit Wentz. Start Taylor. Feel good about Carson? This was a damn good run defense last year. Uh, Feel good? No. Sit? No. You're starting him. Yep, start him. Okay. Okay. Both Seattle wide receivers, good to go? Yep. Good to go. All right, tell me about the Colts wide receivers, and if you're interested there. I'm not. Uh, Pittman's a desperation play, number three receiver in deeper leagues. Thank you. It's very good. So uh, would you start Pittman or Waddle? Waddle. Waddle. Pittman or Naeem Hines as a flex? Hines. I think Hines has a chance for a good game. This is another one. You know, get the ball out quick for Carson Wentz and probably chasing points. So... Paris Campbell's banged up again. <sighs> Indianapolis allowed the fourth fewest points to he tight ends. He said out your Spider-Man meme again. Geeky QT might get elevated. Uh, would you start Gerald Everett or a Patriots tight end? Patriots. Okay, Gerald Everett or Noah Fant. I'd start Everett over Henry, but I'd start John over Everett. Noah Fant or Gerald Everett? Fant. Fant. Dan Arnold or Gerald Everett? Everett. Everett. All right. <laughs> you found a way to get us to say Gerald Everett. <laughs> I, I have a team where I'm starting Gerald Everett, so I just wanted to feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> uh, Arizona's at Tennessee. <sighs> Man, ten, like, like you're not you're not going to start a second Cardinals wide receiver, but let's just see if this continues. The Titans allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in each of the last four games of 2020. Let's see if Hopkins can make it five. Would you start any wide receivers? Um in this game that aren't, you know, the the big three studs, Arizona at Tennessee? Not yet, but again, you know, the the streaming question that you asked, I think either A.J. Green or Rondell Moore are worth a flyer. I'd take Moore over Green right now. Okay. And Kyler Murray is top five. Ryan Tannehill is top ten. Tannehill or Hurts? Hurts. Hurts. Start Derrick Henry. Chase Edmonds, starter sit. Uh, I think he's a borderline must start in PPR and a uh, flex and none. I'm re- I'm I'm more wait and see with Edmonds. I mean, if you, if especially if you went zero RB and you drafted him in the sixth round or whatever, you're probably starting him. Um, there's not too many guys who were drafted after him that I would start over him. But I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I just I want to see what the run split is between him and Car- Connor, and I want to see if. I, I do think if Rondale Moore is heavily involved in the game plan, that's going to be a bad thing for Chase Edmonds. How about Edmonds versus Damian Harris? Uh, I'll take Edmonds and PPR and Harris and none. I think I have Harris ahead in both. And any interest in Anthony Ferkser? Yeah. Uh, yes, but not a must-start guy. Heath Fer- Ferkser or Everett? Ferkser. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Baltimore's at Las Vegas. 
Stat of the game, Marquise Brown had eight good matchups last year, if you include two games against Cincinnati, who actually wasn't really that bad against wide receivers. In those eight games for Marquise Brown, well, I mean, you, you look, it only you, you take him out, it's fine. But he, this actually wasn't a great matchup, and he still did really well against them. Uh, he scored nine or more non-PPR fantasy points, 13 or more PPR fantasy points in six of those eight games. Uh, starter said Marquise Brown. Uh, I think he's a start in the three receiver league. Uh, he has a great track record in openers and two openers. Uh, he's combined for 45 PPR points over a hundred yards in both those games. Um, no Rashad Bateman. Now this Raiders secondary should be better with the addition of Casey Hayward alone. So I don't think it's going to be an easy cakewalk for Marquise Brown, but I'll take my chances with him. Uh, obviously he's going to be in a lot of showdown lineups on Monday night. Uh, just based on the guys we've talked about so far, I would start him over Marvin Jones and DJ Chark. I would start him over Brandon Cooks. I would start him over Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I'd start him over uh, Myers and Waddle, too. I would start him over Myers. I've got Waddle a little bit higher. I'd say if Sammy Watkins were not on the Ravens, then I would say Marquise Brown is going to outscore Allen Robinson. It's probably going to be a week one Sammy Watkins boom, followed by a week two Sammy Watkins disappointment. Yeah, maybe. But I would have this great bold prediction about Brown. I'm going to do it anyway. Let's just make a gentleman's bet, okay? Anyone who wants to take it, Marquise Brown over Allen Robinson. No, I wouldn't actually do that on my fantasy team. But we're having fun. It's football season. We're having fun. It's a podcast so, you know, just kind of kind of feel <laughs> it's a like a podcast designed to help people. Well, don't do it. I'm telling you, start Allen Robinson over Marquise Brown, but I just kind of feel like Marquise Brown is gonna be better. I, I no, you can't you, you gotta can, do no. something if it doesn't come through. Fine. Yeah, like, what get, do you want me you to do? Zero credit for Save your eyebrows. No, I get yes. I get almost yeah, okay, fine. I get almost no credit for it. I want just a little bit of credit if it happens. <laughs> just a little bit. That's all no, you I gotta want. do something. Uh I just like, I don't know. Um, all right, Josh Jacobs, we already talked about earlier. Start Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, top 12 in non PPR, 14th in PPR for Jamie, 17th for Dave, 22nd for Heath. So he's a little, little more cautious there. And I asked you earlier, AJ Dillon or Jamal Williams, but what about Tyson Williams? How about this? The uh, the Ravens won eight games last year by 14 or more points, nine, nine games. Um, in each of their last four wins of uh, by 14 or more points, two running backs had at least eight PPR points. So that's, I mean, that's not great. But do you think Tyson Williams, like would you start him over A.J. Dillon or Jamal Williams? Uh, no, but it, it's it's not going to be surprising if he's better than those guys. I, I do think that you are a little bit more, because like, this is the second or third time you've referenced the potential blowout of this game. This game's got a four-point spread. Yeah, I'm, right ta- I'm taking the Ravens. I, well, I understand. Spread for the road team, though, it is a four-point spread for the road team. But there's like there's several games that are much more potential blowouts. I just I don't know that it's going to be a blowout. It's four and a half, Pete, Heath. Pete said yesterday it was going to be a shootout. I don't get it. I mean, all right. I, I feel like the Raiders. Well, we got to we got to see the Ravens' pass rush if it's still the same. You know, you would anticipate it still being really good, but you know they lost some guys. They did. Um, secondary is still amazing. You know, yes. so you're, 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 you're look, look, the Raiders, we know Darren Waller is going to get his targets and his, his opportunities. Those two other guys got to step up big time in Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards to, and, and Hunter Renfro. I mean, this is the, the most incomplete receiving core. Cause we just don't know. 
Like Ruggs is a first-round pick that has a big opportunity in front of him. Can he be awesome? Hopefully. Can Edwards be awesome? Hopefully. Can they both stink? Yeah, they could, especially against uh, you know Humphrey and, and Peters. That's not an easy situation for those guys to go out there. And, and Derek Carr typically uh, you know, could struggle in this type of, of, of scenario. So I hope he plays well. Um, I can't imagine ever playing Carson Wentz over Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, it's not an easy situation for, for this Raiders offense, especially you know that if, if they get behind, they're not going to run the ball to any level of success. How about the fact that the Ravens won nine games last year by 14 or more points? How many times do you think they were favored by 14 or more points? They blow people out. They crush it. If you're not on the same level as the Ravens, they, they just destroy you, especially in week one. Um, 38 to six against Cleveland last year. The year before that, it was the Dolphins game in week one. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, I'm assuming you're not starting Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards. No, no. Start the tight ends, start the Ravens defense and start having fun watching football. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. You with still got the, six more minutes. What are you talking about? With the, no, gosh, too long, too long. With the <laughs> NFC home games. Marquise Brown over Allen Robinson. Give me a little bit of credit, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you said Sammy Watkins over Allen Robinson. I didn't say that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy football.